You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Father Leffer, joined by Janelle Shanilak. And uh, man, we, we have just had an awesome program. I'm so pumped on the Holy Spirit right now. And again, that's the, that's the Janelle Shanilak effect. She shows up in the booth and she brings the Holy Spirit with her. And it, it's just an overflowing. That last segment with the Terry Mann was fantastic. The I encourage people. I, I was depressed because storm is coming, snow is coming. I'm feeling spring wasn't here. I feel like I've just encountered spring just through this dialogue with Terry in the Marion Garden. And again, you can go to the New Earth uh, magazine there and check out that article for future reference. And Christie's powerful testimony about confirmation and the restored order yeah i mean i'm just uh, sitting here feeling like we're 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 floating right now so <laughs> even have a little dorothy day thrown in there <laughs> you know I, I, again that that segment on um you can go back on our saturdays these will be rebroadcast rebroadcast if you weren't able to listen today you can hear them on uh, check the podcasts on uh, saturdays or go go to go to the real presence uh website and download the podcast and listen there as well and um, yesterday, I would not have thought I'd been so inspired by Dorothy Day. You know, but here, here I mean, she is a servant of God, right? So being open and being inspired by maybe people who aren't like you, right? Open up and, well, Janelle, you you love evangelization. You're you're one of the greatest evangelizers I know. Everywhere you go, you're you're so eager to share Jesus with people. What's your favorite little little drop of how, like when you approach somebody? Are you are you plotting events or just natural? You just come up and talk about Jesus. What do you do? No, I, I when I'm visiting with people, I I'm praying to the Holy Spirit. I'm praying to the Blessed Mother. I'm praying to Jesus. Jesus, what what would you like me to say? Do you want me to say this? Do you want me to say that? Do you want me to say this? Do you want me to say that? And so oftentimes they they'll give me ideas what to say, or sometimes they'll say don't say anything and just listen. You know, wow. so I'm always asking, what What do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle this? You yeah. know? Yeah. And um, I, I, I just I just want to do God's will, right? Yeah. But I tell you what, I was so inspired by Terry Mann and her Mary Garden because what's coming to me is it's such a, it's a place of healing. Yeah. yeah. It's a place of beauty. It's a, a place of comfort. It's a place of peace. But as, as she was leaving right now, I just said, "What about grieving? What about people who are grieving? They could they come to your garden that?" And so she's going to pray on that. I said, "Just ask the Blessed Mother about that. See, See what you can do about that." Yeah, so, that Holy Spirit, I, He's alive and active. He's, <laughs> he always gets us when we least expect it. You know. Well, you know what? We are privileged to have with us um, a professional expert amateur. In evangelization, Luke Halwig joins us from uh, Denver, Colorado. Good morning, Luke. Good morning, Father. How are you? Good. Did you notice how I introduced you there? The professional uh, amateur. Do you know what amateur means, Luke? Uh, Not yet professional. No, no, no. It means lover. It means lover. So, like, I, I always love it. I always feel insulted if somebody calls me a professional about something because it means you're being paid for it. Right. But if you're an amateur, right. it means you're a lover of it. And I know for a fact that you are a lover of evangelization. Is that true? That is very true, yes. I, and, and you're right. I'm also paid to do it. So you're, it was a, a good introduction because I'm a little bit of both. But, but I, think, I think at the heart of it, you're more amateur, you're more lover of it than you are uh, the professional side. What do you think? 
Oh, absolutely. Fine. If you saw my monthly paychecks, you would definitely know that that is true. It's, it's more for love than it is for money. If there's any generous people out there who'd like to be on uh, Luke Helwig's support team for Focus, uh, this is a commercial for that. Okay, Luke, inter- introduce us to yourself. Give us a little background to our listeners, and because and, we're really eager to jump into the evangelization part of it. But let, let's hear who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, um, yeah, uh, as you mentioned, I, I work for FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And, um, yeah, I'm actually entering into my 12th year uh, as, no as a missionary with FOCUS. And, How is it 12 yeah, years already? I know. I don't know. I mean, technically speaking, it's because I, I graduated college in 2011, and so it's 12 years later. But from a spiritual standpoint, I don't know, Father. I didn't think I'd be doing it for 12 years. But like you said, yeah, I've just I've loved the mission of FOCUS and the, all the students that I've worked with over these twelve years—it's—it's it, crazy. Um, and yeah, I, 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 I had the Denver. privilege. Yeah, I had the privilege of being with you for a short time in there, and it just—it was—I've mm-hmm. never forgotten it. You're such an inspiration to me. Yeah, yeah. But how about your family? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so yeah, I live in Denver with my wife, and we have we have two kids with us. We have a, a child in heaven as well. Um, so Max is eight; uh, he's in second grade, and then Bridget is six. She's in kindergarten. Um, they both go to the Catholic school here, and. Um, yeah, it's great. We uh, we just got chickens, just two, because we live. You know, we don't have a huge yard, but we got two chickens, so that's the big news around the Hellwig household. Um, but yeah, so I, I work at the headquarters for Focus that's here in Denver, and like you mentioned, for the first four years with Focus, I served at the University of North Dakota with you, and got to serve students in you know in that full time living life within capacity. But for the last seven years, um, I've served on what we call our digital outreach team, which is both really, really cool and really, really challenging to, you know, invest in students all across the nation, but never actually be there with them. And it, it's one of those things that um, it's not ideal, but these students that I've gotten to work with over the last seven years in a digital capacity are just incredible students who don't have a lot going on on their campus, and I get to help really just lead them in their own growth in love of Christ, but then helping them share that then with their campus. So here, here's the, you know, grace builds on nature. This is the, the Catholic expression, mm-hmm. meaning the divine life of God builds on the natural things which he's done for us. So here, here's a testimony of how effective you are as, as an evangeliz- evangelizer and, and one who, who, who loves what he does. The, um, so when I think of Luke Hell, you know, you're right. We spent four years together, pr- pretty intense ministry together, right? I mean, it's almost mm-hmm. like 20 hours a day, pretty much, that yeah, we, yeah. we were involved. But now here we are. Is this must be eight years later now? And I, if I hear the name Luke Halwig or think of you ever immediately, I just start smiling. I just, I just start beaming. <laughs> I just start smiling when I think of Luke because, in my mind, you are associated with fun, with with goodness, with joy, and it's it's fun, goodness, and joy of the Lord, and it always involves like not just Jesus, but all of His marvelous companions. So I don't, it, it's like, I hardly have a single memory of Luke, like just Luke and myself. Luke, there are a few, but it's no, it's Luke and myself and all of the marvelous companions that, and we're all on the way to the father's house. That, that's what, what, what comes to, to my mind. What, um, what's your source of joy? What, how is it being an evangelizer? What, what what's your source of joy? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I, I think you described it so well. So I just, I do, I, I never take myself too seriously. I think that's really helpful. Um, and, you know, and some of that's, you know, I've been blessed to not face any huge adversity in my life. Um, but even still, I think that, yeah, just that source of joy is, 
um, that I, I experienced very deeply in sixth grade, going into seventh grade. Uh, yeah, just a true like kind of loss of identity. My my closest group of friends uh, at the end of my sixth grade year came up to me on the playground and said, "Luke, like we don't want to be your friends anymore." And they had all these reasons, but again, as sixth grade boys, it's like I don't even whatever. So I went into seventh grade with no friends, and I really struggled to to kind of figure out who I was and what like how I was going to identify myself and. It was a real struggle all the way up until probably freshman or sophomore year of high school when I finally, you know, over the, those four years, I'd been encountering the Lord. I didn't really soak in until that summer before my junior year of high school when at some retreat or whatever, it finally just clicked that I was trying so hard to be someone I wasn't, and Jesus just wanted me to be His and to be fulfilled in Him and I still wrestle with that, but I think that's where that source of joy comes from, is that, yeah, I really didn't know who I was. And then Jesus came, and he really just cemented in my heart that, that I'm his son and that I'm his companion and that we can have a lot of fun together. And I think that being able to encounter that, it's hard to not be joyful because it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter if people like me or not. I know who I am in Christ. And it just, like I said, allows me to not take myself so seriously to be willing to be a fool and do silly things that, yeah, probably a lot of other adults wouldn't do, uh, but I do because it's worth, like, laughter is way better than being cool. And a lot of times it makes people laugh, people think you're cool too, so it all works out in the end. Okay, so here, here, here's a statement and then a question that comes off of it that I'd, I'd really like you to share with us. Okay, my statement is this. I and You can correct the statement if I get it a little wrong here, but... In my mind, evangelization means um, coming to be um, coming to know the Lord Jesus um, in a personal way. That Jesus is the Son of God and He is Savior, and I've come to know Him. So to be evangelized means I've had that encounter. Here it is to be to be catechized means that I've been evangelized. I've encountered Him, and now I've learned His teachings. And my voice, because I've learned it now and been discipled by Him, I now my voice sounds like. Christ's voice. And so I'm, I'm catechized now. The, um, okay, so my question to you, Luke, who evangelized you? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think I, think I was very blessed to, um, yeah, that my, my parents, I think, were that first source of evangelization. Um, we actually, when I was born, it, it's funny, a fun fact, I like to share a fun fact, I was actually baptized uh, two days before uh, I was born. Uh, but a year later. So I was born on August 14th, 1989, baptized August 12th, 1990, because at the time I was born, we weren't, my parents weren't living the faith, but they had an encounter. They actually started going to a Newman Center, which is very, very fitting, um, that that's where their conversion happened, was at a Newman Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. Um, and, you know, very, very, uh, it set my future up well. And so then they began growing in their faith. So I came into a family that was growing in their faith. And so we would go to church and we'd go to you know, different events, but it wasn't until um, the summer before my freshman year of high school that we started going to the teen mass at, at our parish. And um, the youth minister there, Jason Kidd, not the basketball player. It was funny. <laughs> we lived in Arizona. He got phone calls all the time. He's like, yeah, I'm not that Jason Kidd. Um, but he he came up to me after mass and said, hey, we're going on a retreat. I'd love for you to come. And 
you know, and I was like, yeah, like, I'm still kind of figuring things out. I was like, no, Luke, like, I know we don't know each other, but, like, I really want you to be there. And it was the first time that I felt someone care about me, not because I was a number or what I was wearing or anything like that, but just because of who I was. And he really saw Christ in me. And he was really the first one that taught me that style of, of, of Christ's love, that, so, that it wasn't about, like, just coming or showing up. It was about I had worth because Jesus was in me. And so Jason Kidd, that youth minister, was really the first so, one to teach me that. that what I'm love. hearing is evangelization is personal, both it's personal encounter with Christ, and it depends on someone giving you a personal experience or invitation and on, we're going to explore that much deeper on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. One of the, one of the roles that Real Presence Radio fills is it actually serves as a vehicle of the ministerial church in connecting with its own people. Mm-hmm. You know, That's right. as Paul and I both working at a diocesan office, so many of the things that go on at the diocesan level get um, they get recognition. They get people are become aware of what's taking place through. Real Presence Radio. That's right. And, yeah. and that's really an important part, too. It's, it's the way that Bishop Folda and all the bishops of mm-hmm. real, the regions covered by Real Presence Radio, that they can communicate with their people and, and make them aware of the way that the church is serving them, of opportunities that they have. And as a director of communications, I rely on Real Presence Radio. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful team effort. We have our New Earth magazine that we use to evangelize. We have our, our social media. But we also have that teamwork with Real Presence Radio to get the word out. And uh, Real Presence Radio, it's, it's vital to, uh, to communicating. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? This can now be accomplished by establishing an individual endowment account in your name with a minimum gift of $10,000. A distribution will be made annually in your name to assure future generations will continue to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through the mission of Real Presence Radio. To learn more about establishing an individual endowment for Real Presence Radio, a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kidrowski, at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. It is Father Leffer. At, in, in, I'm actually in Father Gross's captain's chair today, but hopefully he'll be back next month. The professional will be back in the booth. He is. He keeps us on schedule. He is the, the, the pro pro. But... I have the privilege of having Janelle Shanelak with me today, and we're we're in the heart of talking about evangelization. Janelle, when um, who, who evangelized you? Who evangelized me? Well, I would say just a combination of people. 
combination of people uh, throughout my, especially my 30s, I, I would say. Um, and then I also managed uh, Holy Family Bookstore for a number of years. Met so many wonderful people there. Um, so I guess it was a process. Over okay, so years. it wasn't just one. No, no, and it was a combination. Was it a personal element though in there? These different people who are right. The personal, right? The personal relationship with Jesus and the Blessed Mother. You okay, know, that's, so was, that's where my personal. relationship really took off. Okay. Was doing the consecration to Jesus through Mary. Okay. The St. Louis de Montfort one, and plus, you know, nowadays we have the thirty-three days to morning glory that Terry Mann spoke about. Yeah. I urge every single person out there listening, please. Um, do your 33 days to morning glory. That's this Father Michael um, Gately, Gately okay? from the Divine Mercy Order. Okay, so on the other side of the break, we had been talking with Luke Helwig, who is our, our professional amateur evangelist yep. in the house. Yep. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Okay? And he was telling us about how it's personal, both mm-hmm. on encountering Christ personally and he had this personal encounter. So, Luke, how, how do you go from this personal encounter to you yourself being the one who's the personal encounter? Yeah, um, it's a really good question, and uh, in in focus we use a, a ter- uh, like three terms we call it wind build stand, which again you can kind of manipulate those words any way you want. But I love the first one, just this idea of the wind, because like you mentioned, it's personal. You know, when you really, really love something, whether it's a sports team or a certain hobby, um, like I love my favorite sport is lacrosse, um, and you know I can't just show up and hand someone a big book about lacrosse and say, hey, you should like this too, you have to invite them to join me for a lacrosse game and say, hey, I got two sticks, you want to play catch, like kind of win them over to yourself first in that 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 fun like encounter and then you can slowly reveal to them the deeper aspects behind it. And so yeah, for me it was, you know, just encountering that that love and, and it starts out I feel like, especially depending on the age that first encounter, it's very emotional, right? It, you feel the feelings that are associated with the life in Christ. But then, kind of as you mentioned, that catechism piece comes in next in that, that building where you realize, okay, I don't want to just rely on these feelings because feelings are very, you know, ephemeral, and they, they change and they shift, and so you have to begin rooting um, that, in, that first encounter in, in truth. And so Scripture, the catechism, you know, Bible studies, getting to know more people and hearing their experiences. And as you mentioned it, like, you know, that just getting that, that group of people, but to me too, like the lives of the saints, to read the lives of, of people who have done it before and probably in harder situations. And so well, what are the things that they relied on? And then again, once you, as you're building that foundation and growing more, and not only in the emotional encounter, but then also that kind of intellectual encounter with Jesus, then you just realize that, you can't you can't stop. You can't just kind of hold it and keep it to yourself. Like whether it's just naturally in conversations, it just comes out, and you're like, "Oh yeah." So I was reading about Saint Philip Neri the other day, and people are like, "Who?" And then so you gotta kind of like explain it, or you know, just like, "Oh yeah, well, I was at mass on Sunday, or I was at mass on Wednesday," and people are like, "Well, you go to mass other days than Sunday," and so those natural little things just start coming out, um, and and you just realize like, "Oh, there's something here." And then, yeah, of course, the Holy Spirit prompts those encounters where you, you ask a silly question that you don't think is a big deal, and then someone's like, well, actually, I've really been struggling, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like, let's dive into this. So just kind of all, it's like, it's, it's like a tidal wave. Once you kind of start it, it's just you can't stop. Can you, could you share with us maybe, um, how do I want to say this, like maybe one of your most profound or most awesome or most 
most Holy Spirit inspired as you're the one evangelizing another and just watching like God work in that person's life right in front of you. I mean, could you share with our listeners some, just some of those profound moments? Yeah. The, the first one that comes to mind, it, it's so funny. Cause I think, I think sometimes we get maybe a little too, sometimes we can over spiritualize things. Father, you, you know this. And, um, I think we, you know, we hear the word profound and we think like earth shattering, life altering, you know, there's that quote, God works in mysterious ways. Um, but what I found is that, as you mentioned, like, grace builds on nature. But actually, God works in very, very ordinary ways, but we're just mystified by them. And so one that I always love to share is, uh, I, I don't know if you remember, Father, but uh, the student Connor, uh, Connor Burgad, he was a, like a astrophysicist major, but yes. he, he just started coming to daily mass. And, you know, uh, as a missionary, you kind of sit in the back, and you look like, oh, there's someone new at Mass, and you kind of do that thing where you keep one eye, you're praying, but you keep one eye on them, and when they leave, you also consequently leave as well, and, you know, we'd walk out, <clears throat> and I probably did this, you know, weeks and weeks of just kind of catching him after Mass, and um, just talking, and like, I think one time he was wearing like a St. Louis Ram shirt, so we started talking football, and I'm just, I'm keeping it super casual, uh, and I actually get his number at one point, and I tried texting him, and he never responded. And then I didn't see him again. I was like, oh, I blew it. I totally blew it. Um, and then he was at Mass again one day, and I was like, hey, man, like, and I texted you. And he's like, oh, really? I didn't get anything. And it turns out I had had his number wrong. And then, you know, so he gives it, and then he actually says to me, like, hey, look, don't you lead Bible studies? And I was like, yeah. He's like, could I join one? And it was just that moment where I realized, like, Wow, I I had wanted to invite him into a bowser, but I was I was scared. I didn't want to scare him away, but somehow he had heard, or somehow in my conversation, without even thinking about it, I had mentioned that I led Bible studies, and and it had awakened in him something. So then he joined my Bible study. He's in my Bible study for I think three or four years, and we actually we still keep in contact. He's one of my mission partners now on Focus, and so again, it's just like I didn't do anything spectacular. But the Holy Spirit is always working, and is always the chief evangelist that's just, you know, working working behind the scenes. And, um, I, and another one, you know, during my time on digital is I had a student who was recommended to me, which, you know, as you may know, Father, that doesn't always work well. You always get parents or grandparents that probably contact us as missionaries and you as well, Father. It's like, oh, my son or daughter is going to be a freshman there. Can you, like make sure they're going to church and you're like that's not how it works you know they gotta they gotta want it um but so so i called this student i said hey so-and-so gave some contacts that you might be interested in like a digital bible study and kind of we're talking and you know and he was like yeah i don't i don't think so i don't think that this is for me i don't know if i'm in that place and i was like well would you be willing to meet once a week just you and me just to talk about life and he was like yeah, I could do that. And so we just met. It was really casual, but I just asked questions. And, and he just had this really, really teachable heart where each week he'd be like, well, do you pray every day? He's like, no. I was like, could you? He's like, yeah, I should probably do that. And so just little by little, these little tiny invitations, he started praying every day. On his way home from school, he'd stop by a church and started praying at the church. He realized that his relationship was bad, so he ended up breaking with, up with his girlfriend. He was smoking weed. He stopped smoking weed because I, he just he brought it up. He's like, hey, is, uh, what does the church feel about weed? I'm like, ah, I'm not a big fan of it. He's like, dang it, I figured. Well, I should probably stop. I was like, okay. You know, it was like 
again, I didn't do anything amazing, but just these little questions and these little conversations. And then two years later, he actually joined staff. He's now a missionary. He's getting married. He's having a kid. Like, so just to see the the profound impact that, again, like these little tiny questions and just these little conversations can have. Um, and, you know, and like was mentioned before by just asking the Holy Spirit to be present and saying, all right, Jesus, like, what do you want here? Because I think the temptation is to, to come to either be afraid and not bring anything up or come and just say, oh, Jesus Christ is, is Lord of your life. Like, you need to repent and believe in the gospel. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will ask us to do that. But so often it's just, can you build a friendship and establish trust? And then when things are hard, like they're going to come to you because they trust you. Luke, Luke, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. You're so inspiring, man. This has been great. And I, anybody who's listening, I just hope that they, they could feel that that what you're saying here is just it's so simple. Take courage. Don't be afraid to evangelize. Mm-hmm. Be that person to share Jesus with others. Uh, Luke, blessings upon you and Sarah and uh, holding you guys in prayer and your whole family in prayer. And keep fighting the good fight there and keep the... The, the focus mission of evangelization going well and live in Denver, okay? Thank you so much, Father. Thanks for having me on. God bless you. And so we're going to kick it over now to Central Command, Eli. What's what's in store for our next program? Hey, thanks, Father. We've got another great show coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That's hosted by Father Brian Christensen and Karen Gibis coming to you live from the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Help in Rapid City, South Dakota. They'll talk with Shauna Hansen about reviving Eucharistic devotion. Then Mike and Paula Wilson will tell us about exciting new changes coming to the cathedral. Plus, Father Tim Hoig of the Diocese of Rapid City will tell us about an effort to live out the church's mission of evangelization. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Eli, thank you so much. Again, you do such an awesome job down there at Command Central on the controls. It's so fun working with you. Janelle, what an absolute delight to have you here. You brought the Holy Spirit with you. He was alive and kicking. Um, quick, we want to touch somebody. Um, they called in. They wanted to know, hey, the restored order of the sacraments, uh, what can we do if, if we want to uh, help people? Um, I'd say just call up your bishop. Email your bishop. Talk to your pastor. Just ask them the question. If they've never heard of it, introduce them to it. That would be the starting point. Right Just keep it simple. Janelle, thank you. And here, let's give a blessing and a little prayer for everybody as we, we end. May Almighty God bless and keep all of you, our listeners, in the love of God. And may never let you be separated from him. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in the peace of Christ. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.